Welcome to episode number 27 of the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, where Christina and I discuss how to be a good client. We discuss the most important things when it comes to hiring a coach and how to make that relationship as productive as possible. As coaches ourselves, our job is to serve others, and there are certain things that you can do as a client to ensure that we help you to the best of our ability. This is not just for our clients, but for anyone who's looking to hire a coach in any discipline, not just health and fitness. Spoiler alert, it's all about honesty, communication, and establishing a good rapport. As always, if you like the podcast and you want to support it, all we ask is that you share this episode with a friend, family member, or coworker who would benefit from it. One share can go a really long way and supports our mission to help as many people as possible to live a healthier, sustainable lifestyle. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode, number 27, How to Be a Good Client. Welcome back to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lim, and I'm here with my co-host, Marissa Roy. And in today's episode, we're going to discuss how to be a good client. It sounds like, it sounds like how to be a good dog, like how to obey. Yeah. (laughs) But I promise that's not what we're going to be talking about. But um, I'm actually pretty excited for this uh, conversation today because I feel like in the past couple of weeks, I've had like a number of encounters that have actually spoken to a lot of the things we're going to talk about. And I know like right before we got on, Christina was dealing with something with a client as well Mm -hmm. um, that kind of spoke to this too. So why don't you kick us off with that and I'll kind of get into some of my examples and then we'll, we'll break some stuff down. Yeah. So I had a client literally while we were chatting and talking about everything we were talking about, sent me an email and she was like, Hey, I'm having some issues with my IUD. It's kind of out of place. I'm having a lot of pain, a lot of cramping, and I'm trying to figure out if I should work out or not. Like, can you please help me with this? And so she's a brand new client and I, you know, responded back to her and I was like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, you know, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for reaching out and letting me know what's going on because I guess we'll get into this. Like we can't help you (laughs) if we don't know what you're dealing with, what you're experiencing. So in my opinion, I think being over communicative and letting us know more than not enough, I think is best. But I said, yeah, absolutely. I was like, there are definitely times when we need to push through workouts. And if we're feeling lazy or unmotivated or just tired, then yeah, I think those are definitely times I'd be like, yeah, you need to go, go work out. But if you're in a lot of pain and you are sick, working out can actually do more harm than good. So that's what I told her. I was like, hey, rest up, take time off. Two days off from the gym is not going to ruin your progress. Like focus on getting better, going to your appointment, and then we'll talk again. So uh, that was kind of my experience right before we jumped on this podcast. Yeah, so definitely I will emphasize, you know, communication, communication, communication for every client, including myself. And so like to give kind of a little bit of a personal update, um, I 
had an interesting turn of events today, actually. So I have been cutting, as you guys know. Um, this is going to come out not next week, but the week after. So um, it'll be a little bit delayed, but still relevant. So I was cutting for about 12 weeks, and we were planning on extending it for one more, um, just because the timing worked out for, you know, reverse dieting a little bit before we went on some trips. But um, I was just really struggling with, like, the whole is it worth it sort of thing because I've been feeling really good with the results that I've gotten. I've been feeling pretty lean, to be honest, and I've been feeling the effects of dieting like really, really hard. And so I brought all of those things to my coach's attention and I was like, I don't want to tell him because I know he's probably just going to be like, let's, let's reverse now. Like, let's just, you know, call it while we're good. And you know, while you're on a high note and while that's all good and fine, I was like, but I really just want to finish what I started. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't want to give up or seem like I don't have it in me or whatever. And I, I just felt like kind of just nervous to bring it up, but I did. And I titled my video because I sometimes send my coach video check-ins instead of written ones because it's just easier for me to talk. Uh, and I titled it, I'm being a girl right now and overthinking everything. Please help. <laughs> and I sent it over and he actually like really came through with the response that I needed. And it was essentially, you know, hey, look, you're on a high note right now. You had a low weigh in this morning. You lost 1.3 pounds on average this week. This cut has gone amazing for you. And it's probably been the quickest that you've lost. And I would much rather end on a high note this week versus you feeling the effects of dieting so hard, maybe giving into temptation over the weekend, having your weight spike up, and then next week having the cut end on a negative note. And so let's start the reverse now. And I actually had that, um, all my protocols changed and everything like that. So I actually feel pretty good uh, about it. I feel pretty relieved because I knew I part of me wanted to reverse now because I just didn't see the benefit of of one more week. Spoiler alert, if you didn't know this, not a lot of change in your physique can happen in seven days, um, <laughs> especially when you're already lean. So like there wasn't much else I could do. So I think this was the right move. But I mean, even for us, even for me, like communication is huge. And I could have just said, good week, lost weight, ready for the last one. And just seen what happened, but you know, now we're not leaving it up to chance because I communicated. So I was really happy with that. Sounds like you have a good coach. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And looks like I was a good client. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so I think that that takes us into some good behavior of a client and letting your coach know what you're struggling with. Because again, if Marissa had just said, Hey, like, you know, great week, like, I don't know. That's it. Let's see you next week. Brandon would have no idea what she was struggling with internally and all of these thoughts. And so he'd be like, okay, yeah, sounds like she's doing great. Like let's do another week of the cut. And then Marissa has this downward spiral over the weekend and then is super frustrated with what happened, but he had no idea. So Marissa communicated everything that she was talking about because your coach is not there to just like pat you on the back and tell you you're doing a good job and to keep things up. We're here to help you troubleshoot. So if there is something that you're struggling with, that's what we want to help you with. So we're not just cheerleaders. And, you know, I think that sometimes 
uh, you know, I, I'm going over like a ton of these things right now, but, um, you know, not just checking in when things are going well. And I have some clients who will be like, Hey, Christy, like I'm having a really bad week. Like, can I check in with you next week? And like, first of all, it is good that they're letting me know and they're talking to me about it. But that's always when I say like, Hey, like this is where I'm supposed to help you the most. Like it's easy as a coach to just be like, yay, good job. Like see you next week. But we're here to help you troubleshoot and figure things out if things are not going well for you. Yeah. And I think that really speaks to something that I say to a lot of my clients is like, you're literally paying me good money to help you with your issues. So I almost don't want you to be perfect. Like not to be like, I want you to fail. Like, obviously I don't want anyone to fail. I want everyone to succeed. But like, if you don't run into issues, then what did we learn? Like we don't Mm -hmm. learn anything in that circumstance. So in all honesty, like I want my clients to be hitting, you know, roadblocks or struggling with something internally and then communicating that because, you know, I think, one big umbrella we can put over uh, a bunch of the things that you just listed are what clients think is good behavior, good in quotations, uh, because it's actually counterproductive to the practice of coaching. And so like you said, it's like we're here for those times when you're at your lowest, when you're struggling the most. And I know for me, it was like, I was just so over dieting this past week and I I have to dig pretty hard to lose weight and so my my numbers were really low and I found myself like taking little bites of things that I shouldn't not tracking them and like I've actually been getting away with it like in all honesty my body's been kind of forgiving this past week and I've been hitting some lows still despite that quote-unquote misbehavior but I know that if I had just tried to push on and push on and push on I probably would have had a bigger episode of messing up coming soon that I, I kind of just didn't want to deal with or face. So this kind of mitigates that problem by, by being done with dieting earlier. But yeah, I mean, so a couple of things you said were, you know, quote unquote, good behavior that we think we want to exhibit as clients. Um, and I can speak as, as client and as coach is, you know, turning in a good report card. And I call this the report card mindset, but basically, you know, we have a lot of forms that we want our clients to fill out. If you've worked with any kind of coach, you have to fill in something or report some kind of data in order for the coach to make decisions for you. So it almost sometimes feel like feels like you're filling out a report card. And if it's not perfect or if it's not really, really good, then you're a failure and you're a disappointment because you have to fill in these numbers and this data. But ultimately what that leads to is either the client will lie about, you know, what, Mm -hmm. what they did for the past week. And I've had that happen before where someone would fill in, oh, I hit my macros perfectly every single day. When in reality, they were actually binging a couple of times per week, but they didn't want to admit it. Um, And they basically wanted to turn in that perfect report card, get like a good cheer from me back and, you know, just try to figure it out on their own. But again, That's not the role of the coach. The role of the coach is to intervene and actually ask the right questions and and change things appropriately so the person can thrive. Yeah, agreed. And so I think it's, it's hard. And like, and then the other thing too, is I'll have some clients who are like, oh my gosh, I had such a bad week. Like, you know, here are my numbers. Here's my macro log. And I'll look at it and be like, okay, like, yeah, you might have like under eight or over eight this one day and 
you were actually like pretty spot on for the other six days of the week and your average, you know, was not far off. And, you know, the other thing I'm like, hey, you had all this stuff going on in your life, but you were still able to get all your workouts in. So the other thing too, it's like you might have this perception of having a bad week and then your coach is there to kind of point out all the good things that you did too. Because, and, and it is very tough being a coach because you need to find that balance between being hard on your clients and pushing them and challenging them to do better. But at the same time being like, Hey, you need to give yourself some grace. Like you had a really tough week. Like, I don't even know how you were able to, you know, you were in and out of the ER with your dog and your, your kids had to go to urgent care. And like, how did you even have time to like sleep? So pointing all those things out can be really helpful because And I think what happens with a lot of clients is that they were going through this on their own. They have a different perception of what is actually happening. So it's nice to have someone say like, no, you're doing a good job. Keep it up. Because sometimes they'll be like, well, I just can't do this. I'm a failure. And they quit. And so it's really nice having that type of accountability and someone that can hold you and kind of give you that motivation to keep going. Yeah, I actually, it's funny that you use those examples because I actually had a client this past week uh, have to take their cat to the ER um, and that was like a a hallmark of their week and that client specifically still lost, I believe it was one and a half pounds on average for that week and was pretty spot on with almost everything. And exactly as you said, negative perception of the week because of the emotional stressors and wasn't able to appreciate the wins that they had. And I also had a client check in today, literally before this, who she had a migraine for five days straight and still made it through two and a half of three of her workouts. And she PR'd on almost everything that she touched. And I was like, can we just like celebrate this for a second? (laughs) Because that's incredible. And I'm telling you right now, if I had a migraine like that, because like, I don't get migraines, I I would not be able to do what she did. And so as a beginner too, you know, a lot of these people that we're working with are not really experienced. They're more new to this. They're, they're learning resistance training for the first time. And the fact that they still got themselves in to do that, or maybe still kept their diet in check, like that's an even bigger win than to someone who's like a veteran like us. Yeah. And so I think we talked a lot about growth mindset the last podcast. So this will be in two weeks. So two podcasts ago. So I am a huge proponent again on, on growth mindset and we don't fail. There are no failures. It's just learning experiences. So one of my intake questions for my check-ins is like, you know, what were some things that did not go so well this week? But it's like, I followed it up with, what did you learn? Like, what can you do better next time? And so that's what it is. It's like, I do want my clients to progress every single week and to build off of their foundation. So by the end of our time together, they have all these things that are already set in place and they're really good. But, you know, it's like, you, okay, I didn't get my water in or I didn't hit my macros when I had to go to the ER for my cats. Like, what did you learn? Like, well, I learned that maybe I should carry snacks with me in my purse. Maybe I should carry a gallon of water with me so I have access to my water and have access to this. So it's like, yes, you had this experience and it wasn't great, but how can we turn that over so next week we improve or next time we're in a similar situation, we know what didn't work and now we can focus on things that will work. Yeah. And I think 
I mean, this is just kind of jumping around because, you know, we were going to close off with this point, but I think it, it makes sense to talk about it now is like one of the best traits that you can have as a client is to be coachable and to have an open mind. Mm -hmm. So using that growth mindset example, focusing on everything that you're doing as a learning experience and focusing on the fact that there are no failures. You know, you cannot fail if you learn from every mistake that you make. You can absolutely make mistakes and you will make mistakes. That's the whole point of hiring a coach to help you correct those. But, you know, if you keep an open mind and are able to change your thought patterns, change your behavior, and a lot of that stuff is easier said than done. But if you just keep an open mindset towards it, that is how to be the best client possible because you'll be able to literally transform inside and out as long as you do have someone who's knowledgeable and caring to guide you through the process. Definitely. And I love what you said about being coachable, because I think that that is such a, a good characteristic of a, of a good client, because you like you reached out to a coach because what you're currently doing is not working. But I, I understand because it's like, well, it's it's not working, but I'm also like it's, it could be worse kind of thing. And so when you give them suggestions like, Hey, this isn't working. So maybe let's try this, but they're not open to it and they don't want to try anything because it's new and you don't know what's going to happen. And so I have a lot of this happen with clients who want to lose weight. And so, you know, Marissa and I always do the same thing. Like, Hey, let's reverse diet. Let's implement some food. Like you're going to the gym seven days a week and doing an hour of cardio every single day. Like you need to pull back. And so a lot of females are very hesitant to that. And so I have some clients who will almost kind of fight me on it and not trust the process. And, you know, I understand that you shouldn't just follow everything that your coach does blindly without asking some questions or trying to figure out why we're doing this. But if they're not willing to do anything, well, then there's nothing we can do as a coach. There's nothing we can do if you're not willing to change and try new things. So I love the idea of being coachable. Yeah, well, it's like, what did you hire a coach for in the first place if you weren't willing mm -hmm. to do anything about, uh, you know, and, and get out of your comfort zone, right? And I think right. I think that's huge. Um, and you know, especially when it comes to that that aspect of trust. Um, of course, you shouldn't blindly trust someone, but when you hire someone, like usually you've interviewed them, usually you've engaged with their content in some form. So like there is already some trust built up, and then you know. Of course, it's the job of the coach to implement protocols that are going to help to build that rapport and build that trust. But ultimately, there has to be a certain amount of, of letting go and understanding that the reason why it's hard and it's different is because it is what's going to change you for the better in most circumstances with, with our industry nowadays. I feel like we do have a good amount of good coaches in the industry. Of course, there are still bad ones. But like, I think overall, the amount of knowledge that people have as online coaches has grown and has evolved and gotten better. So most of the time you should run into someone who is going to help you to get better rather than worse. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I can't even speak to that enough. Like, and it's really frustrating too when someone isn't giving you that trust or is doubting the program or the protocol uh, for no good reason other than, you know, I'm, they're claiming that they're the expert of their own body, which is very, very true. Your client knows themselves the best, but it's 
the balance of finding, okay, well, you know yourself the best. So the coach should ask, you know, what is realistic between, uh, you know, what you know is, is good for you and what is out of your comfort zone that we can push towards and actually figure out what's going to be a good change that's going to put you in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like I have anything else to add to being coachable. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe another uh, thing that clients think is quote unquote good behavior uh, is not being a burden. And unfortunately I, I run into this so much more than I would like, but it's the, you know, the text message starts with, I'm really sorry for bothering you, but, or the email in the middle of the week starts with, I'm really sorry for, you know, being a burden, but I have this issue that's come up and da 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 or I hurt myself or whatever. And the worst part about this is like, it's always a legitimate issue when someone is reaching out about stuff like this. Like, for example, the IUD, yeah. right? Like, I'm hunched over in pain, at like a 10 out of 10, and I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. I'm really sorry for bothering you, but, like, I'm having an emergency. Like, it's, it's like, almost <laughs> comical because it's, like, that's exactly what we're here for, and those emergencies are the times where we want to jump on it the most and help. But it's, like, it just makes me really sad, to be honest, because I wish yeah. people had more self-confidence and and knew their worth enough to know that they do deserve care and help and attention and also they're paying for it yeah and again I think and we've touched on this before I think there's a really big difference between not bothering your coach but asking your coach questions that you should be able to figure out on your own and of course it's like you know you hired a coach to be able to help you and give you answers. But there's definitely a little bit of client responsibility to do some things on your own. So one of the things that can be kind of frustrating as a coach is like me personally, well, Marissa too, is we have welcome packets. And this is like all the information that you could possibly need, like when you check in, how you check in, what to record, like our food philosophy, like all of this information. So we work really hard on these packets and we give them out. And it can be frustrating when you have a client who doesn't read those initial resources and documents. And so they ask you questions that are found in those documents, <laughs> <laughs> which is, again, it's like, it's frustrating because, you know, we hear the answers that you need. And, or if you have someone who is like, hey, I have um, 10 grams left of protein to hit today. Like, what should I eat? Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I can kind of understand in the beginning, but Or like, hey, what, you know, I don't know, what's a carb? And it's like, well, all of that is explained, Um, you know, or there are some times where I'll have clients who ask me questions and I'm like, hey, that's a really good question for the Facebook group. Um, How about you ask it in there? Because not only are you going to get a response from me, but you're going to get a response from other clients. So I had a couple um, recently, it's like, hey, I'm having trouble hitting my fiber, like what are some good foods that you guys have? And so our list was like huge. Like I, by the time I got in, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even need to answer this. (laughs) Like all of these responses are so good. Um, But I think that there's a really big difference between having something that is urgent that needs a response and that you can go ahead and ask. And then just something that's, um, I don't know, or I think what was the, I don't know, another client or it's like, Hey, like what deodorant should I use? And I know we brought it up uh, before, but it's like, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, that's not like press for time. Right. 
Right, right. Yeah. And I think, you know, there is a lot of times, or not even, not a lot of times, but like a couple of times I've actually had the experience where someone was having issues with their programming and they actually like did not reach out about the fact that it was causing issues or didn't bring up the fact that they were having an ache or a pain um, or, you know, even like I missed out on a detail that I should have updated, right? But like Mm -hmm. that person did not want to be a burden um, and tell me, you know, hey, like you missed this or like, should this really be like, should my protocol read this or was this a mistake? Um, And kind of calling me out in a way. um, And it was all for the sake of not being a burden because I'm really busy. And I, I really, I understand where that comes from because of the energy that I've put out in the past six months. Um, I am dealing with a lot. I do handle a lot, but ultimately my clients always come first. Um, my work does like career comes before school in most (laughs) circumstances. And like, that's not most people's list of priorities, but like my job is my baby. It's my livelihood. And you know, the master's program is adding to that. But like, just because I have all this stuff going on doesn't mean that I'm not here to answer questions. So I understand where that comes from. But at the same time, like, again, these people are paying us good money and a lot of times getting out of their comfort zone to pay us good money in order to have our attention, time and, and critique, right? So bring up everything possible that comes through your mind throughout the week and take advantage of the time that you've paid for, you know, get, and I always encourage people, you know, get the most out of the, out of this money that you've spent, like not to think about your coaching experience as a transaction, but like, think about it as you've invested, you've invested monetarily now invest, you know, emotionally or invest uh, with your energy and your time and your effort. Right. And so I think that whole concept of being a burden is, is kind of faulty in a way because it's like, well, you paid so that you are not a burden. I would get it if someone was asking for free information online, that is a burden. I don't like that, but like, (laughs) that's not what coaching is. I'm just imagining someone DMing Marissa and her response is, you are a burden. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there's, and and that's what I tell my clients when I'm doing my initial consultation calls. It's like, if you are paying me, I work for you. Mm -hmm. So you need to get the most out of me. And if you, and it's, and we've talked about this before in, in a lot of things, like I want my clients to ask me questions. I want them to show that they're eager to learn and they want to really learn how to do things and, and how to make this a lifestyle. So it's like, yeah, if you want to ask me questions, like, absolutely. That's what I'm here for. Cause it's not that it's boring as a coach to just be like, Oh, good job this week. Like keep it up. But it's like we we like helping and that's why we do what we do. So if you have questions, like ask away. That's what we're here for. And it, again, it's like it's really fun when you have someone who is showing that eagerness to learn. It's like it's not that you invest more time into that client, but it's just it's like a different feeling than you have when someone's just like, here are my check-ins, like see you next week. It's like you don't really you're not able to really build any sort of relationship with them and you don't really have a clear picture of what's going on in their lives. So when you have that person who is like, Hey, like I don't I even like when like some coaches I've heard that they are like, You only send me the necessary like information and that's it. Anything else is disrespectful and I'm like, Ooh, like 
yeah, I, I get it. Like, you know, you need to be efficient with your time, but like, I want to know how your mother's, your first mother's day was like, tell me how it went. Like, you know, you went out on date night, like, tell me how it went. Like, I want to know those things. And it's like, Hey, you applied for a job. Like, I'll be like, Hey, did you get the job? Because I want to know when I'm invested in that. So it's like, give us that information. We, we like it. We like knowing who you are as a person outside of this coaching relationship as well. Oh yeah. And I think it just, it just goes back to like our philosophy as coaches of, okay, well, if we're going to make this truly sustainable, then you have to know how to navigate, not just the situations that are easy, like the good weeks, right? Where you do turn in Mm -hmm. quote unquote, a good report card and, you know, everything was perfect. And I was, you know, you were comfortable in your routine and everything went well, hit your macros, got your workouts in. Cool, cool, cool. We like those weeks. Those are great weeks to make progress. But ultimately, if this is going to be sustainable, it's about knowing what to do and what you can handle and make progress with on the bad weeks and the really, really tough weeks where you don't have motivation or you did have an emergency come up. How do you handle those? That is where, you know, this lifestyle becomes truly sustainable because, and I think one of my clients actually brought up a really good um, analogy. She's a, a student, a doctoral in therapy or in psychology, sorry, being a therapist student. And she uh, brought up the concept of red light, yellow light, green light days. And so this was essentially like, if you are having a green light day, everything is good. You're in your routine, like nothing's wrong. So like you could pretty much do everything. So like you list out what are the things that you could do on your green light days? It might be hit your macros, do your workouts, everything's on point. On a yellow light day, maybe you're just, you know, struggling a little bit with motivation or like your schedule got mixed around. So what can you do on those days? Like what is the most you can handle on on that day or what is the minimum you can take on, right? And that might be, okay, well, maybe I won't be able to make it to the gym in that situation, but maybe I'll just make sure my nutrition is good. And then the red light days, maybe you're just having an awful mental health day, or maybe you just like had a true emergency come up and like everything is in shambles and it's the worst day ever. What could you handle that day? And maybe the answer to that question is drink half your body weight in ounces of water, right? And that's it. Nothing else. But like you have those three different days. And so... I kind of lost my train of thought with this, but like where I'm, I'm supposed to wrap this back. But ultimately, like when you, oh, making it sustainable. So, you know, you have those different systems so that you can continue stepping forward no matter what's thrown at you. And that's where the role of the coach comes in. And that's where kind of our philosophy lies. So when we're saying, you know, it's we want to help, we want to help. It's because the end goal of where we want you to get as a listener, as a client, as someone who's just trying to live a healthier lifestyle is you have to know how you're going to handle every situation, not just the easy ones where you're, you know, green light days. Yeah. And so similarly, I had a client who I, I just referenced with like the the dog and the kids in and out of like the ER and, and the vet. So She was like, you know, knowing that I had to check in with you gave me that accountability instead of having like a fuck it week and just doing whatever and eating whatever. I still try to make decent decisions and it's not perfect, but she recognized that her mentality handling all that was 
a little bit better and it was improved. And so the other thing she came to realize was I cannot continue to handle events like this and emergencies that come up in this way. Otherwise, like, because again, life happens, life happens where, you know, unexpected things come up. She's like, I'm not going to be able to reach my goals if I always just go to the drive through and get fast food and, and just like let my emotions control me. So again, it's like she was making progress even if she didn't hit her protocol. So those are things, again, that we can point out as a coach. And it's like, okay, let's continue to build off this momentum. What are things that we can do in the future? Like, you know, all of those things. So, you know, to, again, to wrap things up is like, to be a good client, like sometimes you think that not letting us know what's going on is is better or like skipping a check-in week and redoing when things do go better. It's that's actually when I feel like the most progress can be made and how we can help the most as coaches. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I got nothing else on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So another um, kind of thing that we brought up a point for what clients sometimes think is good behavior is ghosting if they need to quit. Like if something happens, something comes up or um, they they feel like they're failing, they're not doing good enough, and they just don't check in. They don't say anything. And sometimes Marissa and I will be like, hey, like, haven't heard from you in a while. Like, everything okay? And just crickets. And we don't hear from them. And we, like, never would that, – that's a client we no longer have because they just stop responding. So I can understand because I have absolutely been there myself and am currently kind of in that situation, which I think – might be good to bring up. Um, I <laughs> haven't checked in with my coach. <laughs> and a lot of it comes from, again, I think it's because of my prep mentality and my prep goggles and having super unrealistic expectations for myself and what I am supposed to, like I have, I guess what I think I'm supposed to be at for a competitor. And if I'm not there, then therefore I'm, like I'm embarrassed and I don't want to check in. And, you know, we think Marissa and I have these conversations. We're making this post right now, but me struggling currently, like I I am going through all of that that you guys go through as well. So I understand and I recognize and like, but I still struggle with it personally. So I think it's ironic we're making this whole podcast on how to be a good client and I am not being a good client myself, but I have, um, I go through and I play the comparison game and I see other competitors who are still shredded after their shows and they are able to reverse diet like so well and it feels like they have no issues and it's super easy for them. And I like am embarrassed because I'm like, well, I'm up 15 pounds and I am like, you know, I have Marissa to like ground me and she's like, this is the best reverse you have ever done. Like you are holding your fat like you're distributing it very easily, like evenly. And like, you're able to maintain like your current physique with higher numbers and all these things, but it's still really hard for me to get out of my head. Um, so I understand. And I've been there too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, in all seriousness, like to, to just hype you up a little bit, like seriously, like your numbers right now, uh, I'm not going to just like tell everyone your macros, but like you're eating more than I think I ever have been able to maintain on in my off season. And I'm like, I don't know, 
15, 20 pounds heavier than you. And like, again, you, you know, your body composition, yeah, you're not shredded, but like you have to compare you versus you because off season to off season, like this is the best you have ever done. And I think luckily you've had me for accountability, even if you haven't checked mm-hmm. in um, and have kind of been checking in with me a little bit just to like keep yourself grounded in that way. Um, and I, yeah. I do think that that's helped because, you know, you have held it really, really tight and 15 pounds above stage weight, just for anyone listening who might be a competitor or interested in competing is not far away from stage weight. Um, (laughs) I sit 25 above my stage weight and most women will sit anywhere from like 20 to 30 at like a healthy body comp. Just saying that's not that high. Um, But on the topic of ghosting, because I think, you know, you still consider yourself a client of Paul's and I kind of wanted to take this in a little bit of a different direction, I think, with because because unfortunately it happens uh, where we do just lose people completely. Um, Mm -hmm. And it makes me very, very sad um, because there is so much guilt and shame involved in that. And it's like I, I totally understand where that's coming from. It's like someone maybe had was was on a roll and here's the thing too the people that ghost are not the ones that struggled the whole time through they're the ones that like started really strong and had like four five six good weeks we're we're making amazing progress and then i don't know the holidays rolled around or like one bad week happened and then like boom that person's off the radar never hearing from them again because they went so far in in one direction that anything deviating from that is immediately a failure and it brings up a lot of feelings of shame and guilt and maybe past experiences that they've had that were much more negative. Um, But a good coach, and this goes back to episode 12, which I cannot believe is like over 12 more episodes, what, like 15, 16 episodes ago now. And, you know, that goes back to that episode of when we talked about good coaches, don't put you down for making mistakes or even completely falling off the wagon because our job is to pull you back up. And so it makes me really sad when that does happen because unfortunately that's a reality of coaching. And it's like, damn, like this person invested money in me, invested time, invested effort, um, and trusted me. And here they are just leaving that all here and I can't get a hold of them. You know, I've, I've reached out to, um, you know, their email, their cell phone, like, and it like for some of the people that I have quote unquote lost, I will still try to check in with them about once a month still, because I, I do honor, you know, Hey, if you've paid and you ghost, I will keep that as credit for you for the next year. And, you know, if they're able to redeem that within the year, I am happy to have them back. But like, yeah, it just breaks my heart. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is, like, I know Paul, and he is not going to, like, berate me or tell me that I'm being an awful client. Like, he responded to my last check-in where I said, like, hey, I'm sorry, I haven't been checking in (laughs) very frequently, but, like, here's my current, you know, stuff. And he was like, I get it. He was like, I get it, because when you're in your off-season, you're not seeing that progress week to week. You know, you're not eager for, like, your next uh, you know, next week's protocols. And, you know, it's easy because you're seeing win after win after win. Cause usually when you're not in a dieting phase, you're losing weight. 
Um, he was like, it's easy to not want to check in because you're like, oh, well, I'll have a better check in next week. And then that turns into, well, I'll just do another week. And he was like, I get it. I understand. And he was like, you're like, you're looking really good. Um, and he was like, just, you know, keep checking in. And so again, it was me and my mentality of feeling embarrassed and not feeling like a good enough client to like check in. Like that's on, on me. It has nothing to do with him. And like, he's super supportive and gets it. So it's just me getting over my shit (laughs) and checking in with him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think too, like there are times where we need to communicate, like if something isn't working, you know, instead of ghosting or just quitting altogether, um, something that is really good behavior, quote unquote behavior, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I'm talking about pets when I say the word behavior, but like something that is good to do as a client is to complain to the coach. And I say that, and I'm not saying like, just whine and bitch and like, start like just being a total drag, but like when something is not right, bring it to the coach. And I've had a couple of experiences with this recently where like, I've heard from a third party that someone was dissatisfied with something that I had done. And, you know, I just, I had to address it in some way that didn't throw that person under the bus. But then like, you know, it just made the whole situation awkward. Whereas if I was confronted with that directly, then I would be, you know, more than happy to adjust something, do more. Cause ultimately it's like on my end, I want to do everything that I can to leave this person with a good experience of the service of my coaching. And I hold myself to an extremely high standard. So if I am not meeting that from someone's eyes, then, you know, I, I am willing to do more to change that ultimately I, but, but I can only do work with what information I have. And so if you have something that comes up or you're not happy with a certain plan or workout or diet protocol, that is ultimately up to you to bring that to the forefront. And you're not going to be met with resistance in most circumstances, unless it's like really something that you have to do. But ultimately this journey is custom. It's not, you know, here's your workout program that I also gave to 10 other people. You have to do it exactly like this. It's I built this from the ground up for you. So if something is not working and it's not something that fits what you wanted, please tell me. And so that really frustrates me. And I just really want to encourage you, anyone who's listening, if you're my client, if you're someone who, um, you know, has hired a coach, bring your issues to the forefront. Yeah. And I had a similar situation with a client a couple of years ago who didn't like how things were going, but didn't want to tell me that in fear of maybe like hurting my feelings. And it's, I, I kind of think that sometimes having a coach is like being in a relationship where it's like you can fester all your resentment and let it build up. And then all of a sudden you're going to blow up and just say, this isn't working. I need to quit. And then as a coach, we're like, well, why? What happened? Like, what was, what was wrong? Like, I thought everything was going totally well. blindsided. And we're blindsided. And so if you have a client who's like, hey, coach, like um, you said that you were going to do this and you didn't. And you're like, oh, my gosh, you were totally right. Like, thank you for letting me know or thank you for reminding me. Like, I'll do that right away. Or like, um, hey, coach, like I am not liking this workout split. Like, is there anything I can do differently? 
And so, yeah, kind of like what we were saying before is I have some clients who will be like, hey, do I get another set of workouts next week? And I'll be like, no, and let me explain why. So instead of having a fresh new workout every single week, like we're trying to focus on progressive overload. And if we are doing new workouts every week, then we're not able to progress on certain exercises. We're not able to really get stronger because we're constantly doing new things. And they might be like, oh, okay, thanks for letting me know. Instead of eight weeks and being like, I'm so bored of these workouts, like it sucks, I don't understand the purpose of why I'm doing these, why they're not changing. So that's a very different conversation. So if you were able to kind of like nip that like week one instead of week eight, it's a lot easier on your coach and they can give you some information, maybe explain why they're doing something. Or if you're like, hey, this isn't working, we'll be like, okay, let's try to find something else that works for you. Yeah. So communicate, communicate your issues. That is like, I would say probably number one is like communication. I would say that is like the number one good quality of the client. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's like, it just all goes back to like, we are willing to adapt. Like there are obviously principles that don't change. Like for example, if you want to build muscle, you need to eat a high protein diet, but how you do that and how high of a protein diet it is, you know, maybe we can help you lower that protein and take a little bit and you can get by with the bare minimum. Uh, if it's really, really a struggle, or maybe you really just, I have clients, plenty of clients who say like, they don't like, they're really picky with like meat and like, they just don't really like meat sources. And so first, you know, maybe it's like, is it the way that you're cooking it? Is it the way that, you know, you prepare it? Is it too dry? Is it not seasoned? Okay, well, if you're seasoning it well, you're putting the effort in to cook, you still don't like it. Okay, what are some other sources we can use? And then, okay, is it still too much? How are you spacing it throughout the day? Are you neglecting protein all day long and then having to eat 100 grams right before bed? Yeah, that sounds super displeasing. No wonder you hate protein. Like, let's try to space that out better. Or are you doing all of those things and it's still just dissatisfying to you then we reach the discussion of, okay, maybe you do need to just suck it up and do it if your goals are that important to you, or maybe we can dial it back a little if it's not that urgent, but we have to come to that discussion and conclusion together, right? And so, yeah, a lot of it is just good communication. (laughs) Yeah. So the other thing too, it's like, um, I have some clients who... I can understand because it's like, yeah, there there are some non-negotiables. It's like you are going to have to get up and walk around and get some steps in during the day. They don't need to be 20,000, but we need to have like an okay step count. And like if we want to diet, then we probably need to be in a deficit. And like you're going to have to work out a few times. It doesn't have to be super intense. It could just be like two to three, like 30 minute workouts a week. And if that's only the only thing that works with your schedule, then yeah, we'll adapt to that. But um, there, yeah, there are some things that you're going to have to do. Um, but there are ways that we can work around things and work for you and your lifestyle and your schedule. Yeah. And I think that just find what works best for you. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't understand that inside joke, um, Christina says that a lot and we, now we make fun of it. Because it's so true, but I definitely overuse it. (laughs) Because it is very true. Um, But that kind of plays into like, okay, you know, this, this person finds this X, Y, and Z to be a hassle, you know, whether it's a high protein diet or, or maybe they just really don't like working out and they just don't like either the gym or they don't like the way that working out feels. 
Part of that might be remedied by knowing the purpose. Like you said, with that progressive overload example, that was a great one because it's it can be very, very boring to do the same repetition of exercises over and over again if you don't understand the fact that you're actually supposed to increase the weight every week or do more reps every week. And if you don't get that, then you don't understand how the process and progress would work, and then it's not motivating. But then if you actually understand the system of like, oh, I get better at this every week, then it becomes intrinsically motivating. But, Mm -hmm. you know, with a high-protein diet, you know, maybe you just really, really hate those specific food sources and you are that picky. Um, Or, like, maybe you just feel like the protocol – is too much for what you're willing to do. And I think this is where we address, okay, well, what are you willing to do? And how much effort are you actually willing to put into this? And I think this is where the whole question of like, should you hire a coach comes into into the question? Because it's like, if you are not willing to put in the effort for the results that you want, or the results that you want are not worthwhile enough or they're not urgent enough that you're willing to put in extra effort then we need to assess the the question of are you even ready for change like right right? like or are you comfortable right and right the reason why people hire coaches is to get uncomfortable and to do more than they were doing before and so you have to really get deep with yourself in that question of am i actually ready for change like can i make these changes to my lifestyle and be okay with it maybe for a temporary period of time? Or am I willing to even shift my mindset about something? And that's a hard question to answer. But ultimately, like, that's something that you should ha- like tackle from, from day one, head on. Because if you don't come to the realization that you're ready for change or not ready for change, then how is that coaching relationship going to go? You know, we might have, you know, all these behaviors like ghosting or skipping check-ins or just, you know, not really putting your all into it because of that lack of willingness to change or put effort in. Yeah. I, I don't have anything else to add to that. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I don't know, I guess we can just, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit throughout the podcast, but some kind of like bad behaviors I mentioned earlier, like not reading through like resources and documents. And so asking questions that can be found in those documents, um, that can be really frustrating again, because you, you spend a lot of time, um, on all your protocols and resources. And we just touched on the lack of effort, but that's really frustrating. And again, there's, there's a big difference between having a lot of like real life stuff come up and there's like, there's no way that you could have gotten in a workout or there's no way that you could have hit your macros, but if you are just not trying and you're really not giving any sort of effort, that can be a bad behavior. Um, and also I think expecting results every week or having unrealistic expectations. And I don't know if that's necessarily a bad behavior. And I think that you can, as a coach, kind of combat that in the early stages and let them know what is good results and like what to expect if you're in a fat loss phase. And so This is something that, again, that I've learned over time to let clients know, because I'll have clients that'll be like, I only lost a pound and a half this week. (laughs) I'm not losing, I'm not losing weight fast enough. And I have to let them know, like, this is great. You're, you're, this is amazing. Like if we are losing too fast, you're actually pulling in, we're losing muscle mass and you know, you're, you might end up looking skinny fat and that's not what we want. Like slow, sustainable change is going to be like the most healthy in the long run. And so explaining those things ahead of time, I think really helps with those expectations. And so one of the things I touch on too with my clients is like, Hey, let's take a look at your average weight. Like, let's see how that's trending down. And 
or um, with reverse dieting, I think that sometimes we've talked about in certain podcasts that the social media is like, oh, if you reverse diet, like you will just lose, you lose weight. And like, so when they're like, I'm gaining weight, I don't know why am I doing something wrong? So again, setting those expectations in the beginning that you could lose weight, um, you could maintain or you could gain weight. And (laughs) it's like letting them know ahead of time. And so they're not having this like, well, you're being a bad coach. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of these themes that we've recently touched on is, you know, the expectations piece, the lack of effort, you know, you have to know too, is it the right time to be doing this? Like, or is it, or is there just too much going on? Right. And so I've had people, I can think of one client in particular who started with me and we had our call, our first call, and she was super excited. And, you know, she had some experience with lifting weights. She had kind of counted her macros before. So I was like, this is going to be great. Like, you know, the learning curve is going to be short. She's going to be ready to go. She's going to crush it. And then she had like clinicals on clinicals and she worked a full-time job and she's a medical student. And so she was commuting two hours from one place to the other. She was working seven days per week. She was working 12 hour shifts. She was barely getting any time off. And the time that she was getting off, she wanted to spend with her boyfriend. And I kept bringing it up because I was like, I, I honestly just don't think this is the right time. I think, you know, and, and the protocols and her, you know, performance with things reflected it. She was not, her head wasn't in it. She wasn't putting in the effort and there was really no like intention behind any of the things that she was doing. And so I was just like, you know, I, I just don't think that this is the right time for, for what we want to do, what you want to do right now. Like, it doesn't seem to me like your goals of fat loss or your goals of, of, you know, getting this really rigid schedule together are really all that worth it. Or, you know, they just don't fit what time frame we're in right now in your life. And that's okay. You know, that's something that you need to come to terms with. And, you know, in that circumstance, maybe the right move is to pause your contract and get back on it in six months when you've graduated and you're working less. Right. And so that was a really difficult conversation to have. And I feel like I did bring it up a number of times before I really did get through about it, but you know, know when it's the right time to put in more effort or, you know, if you are persistent on pursuing that coaching relationship and you do think it is the best thing for you to have that accountability, then to be really realistic with what it is you're going to be able to achieve. So, you know, match your level of effort that you're willing to give with the actual amount of time that you have to give effort towards and, you know, availability and resources, not only in your time, but in your energy emotionally and physically. Yeah. And so to, to build off of that, I think that there's a difference between you are doing so much that there is no way that you can give any of your, what am I, energy into anything else and to, to pick up something else. But at the same time, like if you're like, oh, well, I'm going on vacation or I have a a friend's wedding coming up or I have um, this and that, it's like there are always going to be events. There are always going to be weddings. There are always going to be vacations. There's always going to be things that come up and, and dinners and happy hours. And so again, part of our 
coaching is to help you navigate these situations and attack them in a healthier manner so they don't derail your progress. And so if you always have this idea in your head that there's always something, then you're never going to have time to actually work on it. So that is also some of the things. And and I think that when I'm having these initial Usually when someone has a consultation call, they're they're kind of already in that like, oh, well, I, I'm going to do this. I want to. I'm going to make this, this mindset shift. Um, but if you have someone who is like, well, I just don't know if it's at the right time, that's kind of like your maybe your first challenge as a coach is to let them know like, hey, like there's always going to be stuff. And it's yeah. kind of like, oh, yeah, you're right. So I think, that, again, there's a big difference between it literally not being the right time and there's nothing that you can physically or mentally take on to like, am I making an excuse? Oh yeah. Is this something that I don't want to do? And and can I, do I need to put forth additional effort to figure out how to tackle these situations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I think you definitely countered that really well because one of the biggest traps that people fall into with starting is, oh, well, it's not the right time. It's not the right time. It's not the right time, but do not use that as a crutch. There are very few circumstances where I do say like, hey, this isn't the right time. And those are those very extreme circumstances where like you cannot add anything more to your plate um, or you will literally go insane or, you know, the priority is just not there. Um, But if it is a priority to you and you're just kind of nervous to start, um, that is absolutely right. You know, don't use it as an excuse or a crutch to just push it off later and later because you're never going to start if you keep doing that. Yep. So, I mean, we, we really did kind of hit on a few things a number of times, you know, communication as a big one, um, our role as coaches and how like we want to help in every way we possibly can, how this lifestyle is about navigating all the situations, not just the ones where you're in your routine and you're in your comfort zone. You know, anyone can be on their shit and, and be super fit and healthy when nothing's going on and they're just eating from home all the time and they have nothing coming up, but that's not how life works, right? And so our role as coaches and our philosophy, specifically Christina and I as coaches, is to help you to actually navigate those situations And, you know, bring down the barriers to, oh, well, I was at this wedding and I fell completely off track or I went out to dinner and I just couldn't help myself. And like it's it's tackling those situations Um, and the theme that there is nothing. Words are hard. There is no such thing as a failure, only a learning experience. And, you know, we touched on this a little bit two episodes ago with the growth mindset and balance podcast, but, you know, touching on it even more when it comes to checking in, being accountable and being a good client, you know, having an open mind to the fact that you are not a failure and the way that you talk to yourself does matter. And, you know, you can grow from every single mistake or situation that you maybe didn't handle perfectly. And if you come into a coaching relationship with that mindset, or even just your own fitness journey with that mindset, you know, maybe you don't have a coach, maybe you just have a friend that's a sounding board, or maybe you're just listening to this. This is your coaching advice. You know, (laughs) you can look at every situation as a learning experience rather than a failure or just a mistake, you know, build off of it and flip the script and see what you can do better next time around. Because really, this is my favorite line lately with clients is the only way you could truly fail is if you gave up. And then I follow that up with, I know you're not going to give up, but, (laughs) but yeah, so you really can't fail if you keep getting back up. Yeah. And I think too, 
that a lot of clients that I have will come to me and they're like, oh, you know, I want to lose weight or I want to do this. And, and they're like, I'm like, okay, yeah. And we start our coaching experience and, you know, maybe a month or two in, they're like, Christina, like I thought this was just going to be like macros and workouts, but like you have changed my life. Like you have changed my mindset. You've changed my outlook. And she's like my, I thought one client in particular that I'm thinking of is like, my confidence has like skyrocketed. Like I am improving in like all areas of my life. Like I got a promotion at my job. Like my relationship is improving, like all of these things in it. Cause I think that what happens in, in, a lot of times we've talked about this with prep is when you're able to overcome things and when you're able to do hard things and realize that you can do them, you're, you change as a person and you change and you start to think, well, if I'm capable of this, like what else am I capable of? And so coaching is not just macros and training that we're here to help you through a lot of different areas of life. And we might just be fitness coaches, but a lot of times we are therapists, we are counselors, <laughs> like we we kind of take on that role. And I, granted, like there are times where we're like, hey, you need to outsource, <laughs> you need to see someone else. Um, but we're, we're there for you in a lot of different ways and we attack mentality. And so I like when you were talking about growth mindset that we absolutely do touch on how you talk to yourself and and how you perceive things and what you can do in the future and how that carries over into just so many different areas of your life. Yeah, I called out a client literally just before this because she was like, uh, I she said something in her video along the lines of, oh, well, I'm not good at getting to the gym. And so I said, hey, uh, if you tell yourself that you're not good at getting to the gym, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be bad about it. So flip the yeah. script. Let's talk about hey, I am a gym goer now, you know, let's identify that way and see how your actions follow because your behaviors follow your actions. And I bet we could probably come up with a whole episode about self-talk and, and behavior, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, so like, seriously, it's, it's just incredible what we're able to do. I mean, you're exactly right when, you know, it's not just, we changed your body. It's we changed your mind. We changed your life. And we really can step into the role of like a life coach sometimes and like Mm -hmm. unintentionally, but just through the empowerment that comes with learning that you actually do have control over your outcomes. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of us too often fall into the victim mindset of we are in our circumstance and we cannot change it. And we are who we are. And that is stagnant. But once you start to take control of your diet, your exercise, you realize how much control you actually have over things. And it just bleeds into everything else that you do. Yeah. And, um, you made me think of one client who actually, (laughs) and she'll be so embarrassed if I, if I named her, so I won't, but she emailed me, like, I think she was drunk or like tipsy on a Friday night. (laughs) And I just get this email in my inbox. For some reason, I just opened my Gmail on a Friday night. Like that's, that's my life guys. But I opened it and she said something along the lines of like, I'm talking to my friends about you right now. And it's just so cool how empowering this experience is. Thank you so much. And that was the whole email. And it like... That would make me cry. <laughs> uh, it almost brought me to tears. Like I was just like, holy shit. I think the only thing that kept me from crying was like, it's 11 p.m. on a Friday night. She's definitely tipsy. <laughs> and so I could kind of laugh a little bit. But yeah, absolutely like unforgettable email experience. Oh, well, I feel like that's such a good happy note to end on. Yeah. 
Yeah. But also, just for anyone who's curious, I have pulled up my email and I have my email ready to go to Paul because <laughs> I'm going to check in. Yes. <laughs> so I feel super called out. <laughs> um, but I did I did take check-in pictures and I still am like logging my weight and doing all this stuff. But just to uh, for anyone curious, I'm going to go check in. So maybe next episode, I'll let you guys know his response and what happened. Episode 28, we're going to get a check-in update from Christina and verify that she did, in fact, hit send. Yes, (laughs) yes. So stay tuned. (laughs) Proud of you. Awesome. Well, um, I think this was a really good episode and, again, how to be a good client. So number one thing is just communicate. Let us know what's going on and don't skip check-ins. And really the only way that you can fail is by giving up. So Uh, We hope that you enjoyed this episode, and if you haven't already, please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, and you can find both of us on Instagram. You can find me at Chrissy Lynn Fit, and Marissa is at Marissa Roy Fitness. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope to see you back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something from it. Please remember that Christina and I are not medical professionals, so if you're going to make any changes to your exercise or nutrition routines, please consult with your doctor or medical team first. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday here at the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast.